the captain's spot. I'm your host, Justin Freeman. Six foot one inches, 275 pounds of fantasy knowledge. It's week 11, Sunday night. Got some fun little AFC West divisional matchup between the Chiefs and Raiders. This game will be in Vegas. Talking about a pretty high scoring game here. 56 and a half point total. Chiefs favored on the road by seven and a half. Looks like both teams will be relatively healthy. There's a couple injury news and notes for us to consider here this week. Before we get into that, quick reminder, like, rate, review, subscribe to the show here on YouTube, on your podcast platform, wherever you're getting it. Make sure you're going and checking out the Monday Night Show available over on Mayo Media Network. Subscribe over there. But why don't we talk a little bit more about what it looks like. Really interesting slate here between Raiders and Chiefs. A couple high-priced options that we're going to make sure we want to take advantage of on both sides of this football. So let's think about seven and a half point spread. What does that mean uh, in terms of you know Vegas implications? So you know, more than likely, Chiefs are going to dominate this game sort of whistle to whistle. That's the more likely thing to happen if we're predicting sort of a one-sided game script. Uh, obviously, we're talking about a showdown. We want to be thinking about a variety of game scripts. But the most likely thing that we want to be focusing on is a, you know, a scenario where the Chiefs uh, get ahead and they sort of um, you know, want to just pound that lead into the ground. Chiefs might not be a team that would just sort of heavily lean on the ground game in that sort of situation. They're a team that you know knows their best chance of sustaining a lead is to continue to let Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes so we can get a little bit of a unique situation. There's a couple cheap running backs on both of these teams we'll talk about. Before we do, let's talk about the injuries. We're on the Vegas side of the football. Uh, there's a couple people to notice, and they're both at the running back position. First of which is Jalen Richard, who is listed as questionable right now, but has not practiced all week long. So I would consider him to be on the doubtful side. And if he misses this game, and we'll know a little bit more 90 minutes before lock, our you know, daily reminder to make sure we are checking inactives right before lock and make sure we have a good grasp on who's in and who's out. If Jalen Richard doesn't play, the Raiders are down to just two running backs, and that's going to be Devontae Booker and, of course, Josh Jacobs, because Theo Riddick, another Raiders running back, is on the COVID IR list as of right now. So I'm expecting the Raiders to go in with two running backs. Of course, they have Alec Engle, the fullback, as well. Perhaps he gets a little bit of passing volume, but the fact that Jalen Richard, the guy who is sort of the pass-down specialist in this particular backfield, is out really makes both of the other running backs, Booker and Jacobs, a bit more attractive in this game. Now, we don't know for sure Richard is out, so let's make sure we check on that uh, throughout the course of the afternoon. But if he is, uh, we're talking slight boost to Richard, excuse me, slight boost to Booker and to Josh Jacobs. Now, on the other side of the football, Sammy Watkins will be out this week. We will not be seeing Sammy Watkins, so we'll get another week of Tyreek Hill obviously being the number one as always, but also Miko Hardman and Demarcus Robinson sliding into more prominent roles. Now those roles have started to crystallize and form over the last several weeks, so we know what we're getting with those two guys. Um, you know, the, the snaps are mostly going to Demarcus Robinson. He's become a bit of a full-time player. 81% of the snaps last week for Demarcus Robinson compared to 68% for Miko Hardman. Miko Hardman, um, has been 68% in the last two weeks for this team. And so we've got now a four-week sample size without Sammy Watkins. And it's been more Demarcus Robinson than Miko Hardman. Um, as we're talking about number of routes run, Robinson has really just completely outperformed Hardman in that particular category. 
and routes run is going to be a you know probably the leading indicator of targets targets leading indicator of fantasy points so you know, so we're trying to predict how the targets will shake out between Hardman and Robinson. That's going to be an important thing. It's probably going to be pretty close, and we'll notice today that the pricing may incentivize us to, to go over one over the other. So let's talk about the pricing. We'll start at the quarterback position where Patrick Mahomes, 13-4. You know, Mahomes just, you could price him almost at whatever you want to, and we just got to try to find a way to get him in. Um, it probably limits us from being able to captain Mahomes uh, as much as he probably deserves to be. But overall, just, you know, Mahomes has to be a key piece of what we're doing in the flex for sure. And, you know, obviously quarterback flexes, uh, quarterback captains can be difficult to pull off effectively. So Mahomes' price tag will discourage us from that, especially when he's got two feature weapons there in the passing game. That probably make more sense as the actual captain ceiling type choice. Derek Carr, 9,800. We just had to figure out whether we think Derek Carr can you know maintain a relevant offense here in this game and I think he can I think this game could continue to be a pretty close game throughout like I hope it doesn't get into desperation mode I hope we get like some traditional game script going for the at least three quarters worth between these two teams and if so Derek Carr I think is a guy who can get you there and has a has an interesting complement of weapons uh, we'll talk about those here in just a minute, but let's talk about the running backs first where you know, Josh Jacobs is sort of the featured player here at the running back position, $9,600. You know, the Raiders want him to be a key core feature of what they're doing. And then obviously we have Jalen Richard at $600 if he plays. Now we're not interested necessarily in playing Richard as anything more than sort of you know one-offs in tournaments and that sort of thing. But you know, if he misses, let's think about where those targets are likely to go. We have a player like Devontae Booker, who has been more and more involved in the team's game plan over the last several weeks and has really picked up mop-up duty here recently. Um, you know, He's got 38% of the team's rush attempts last week, 31% the week before that. And that's, uh, that's pretty sustainable usage there for a backup running back. And if we think that Booker could be used the way Richard has been used as well, then perhaps that elevates Booker's game and elevates his profile and you know allows him to maybe be on the field closer to 40 or 45% of the snaps if Jacobs wants to sort of max out around 55 or 60% of the team's snaps. So that could be really good news for Devontae Booker. So that's going to be somebody we're really interested in this week. On the other side of the football, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, $8,200. That's, that's honestly a high price point for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now, you're banking on the fact that this being a bit of a runaway game here for the Chiefs, could he justify that price point? Could he get more touches? Well, I mean, guess what? The Chiefs are favored by a touchdown every week, you know? So I, I don't think the spread indicates that we should be more interested in Edwards-Alaire this week than we would be in other weeks. Now, Le'Veon Bell at 1400 may be a different story because you think about what Le'Veon Bell would have to do to pay off that salary, and it's, it's not very much. It's a lot different than... Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 8,200 because let's look at how this has been split up since Le'Veon Bell has showed up. Um, you know the snaps have been just uh, incrementally in favor of Clyde Edwards-Alaire since Le'Veon Bell became a chief. 33%, 26%, 31% of the team's snaps have gone to Le'Veon Bell. Compare that to 53, 50, and 40% for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Obviously, there's an advantage there for Clyde, but um, not huge when we start looking at total opportunity. Uh, it's just not 
not been as massive, especially on the ground where Clyde Edwards will 36, 30, and 42% of the team's rush attempts compared to 27, 30, and 33% of the team's rush attempts for Le'Veon Bell. So we're talking Clyde Edwards will getting two or three more touches on the ground per game in addition to Le'Veon Bell. Now, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been more involved in the passing game, which is a little bit surprising because I thought that when the team acquired Le'Veon Bell, it might have been for the purpose of letting him serve as uh, you know, kind of a complimentary Swiss Army knife type player. Um, and that just hasn't really been the case for Bell, not as involved in the pass game. Um, so th- there's a hard cap ceiling there for Le'Veon Bell and, you know, Edwards Lair could blow up, but I think Clyde is, is certainly a player you could avoid. Now the tournament strategy obviously comes into the fact anytime we think that other people might come to that same conclusion, then he all of a sudden becomes a bit more valuable. Let's talk about the pass catching options. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey are going to sort of, um, you know, be featured items here in Kansas City. I think you've got to play at least one of those guys. Um, you could try to fit both of them. Maybe very difficult to do with those two guys plus uh, Patrick Mahomes because you're going to need um, you're going to need to pair Mahomes with 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 either of those guys and certainly with both of them. So could you pair them all together and, you know, now you've got well over 30K of your cap tied up, you know, to those handful of guys, then you really got a lot of digging to do to fix the rest of your roster. I don't need to spend too much time talking about Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. You know, there's nothing that scares you off matchup wise for both these guys. Um, You know, Tyree Kill has been relatively involved on the ground game. So just keep in mind, you know, don't be surprised if you got two or three percent of targets, uh, two or three percent of the team's rush attempts going through Tyreek Hill. Um, wouldn't be, um, uh, not two or three percent, two or three actual rush attempts going through Tyreek Hill. That's a possibility. And when that happens, that can leave uh, Patrick Mahomes without the production there. Not necessarily a big problem for Patrick Mahomes, but you know, Tyreek Hill averaging 20% of the team's targets, but we've seen a couple spike weeks from him. Uh, two out of the last three weeks, he's actually topped 40% of the team's targets, and that's that's huge. And, you know, that kind of you know, limits opportunities to a certain extent for Travis Kelsey. You know, Kelsey's had some up and down usage games, uh, but back-to-back games over 25% here in his last two. Matter of fact, uh, four out of his last five games have been over 25%, which puts him obviously in an elite category, which is where he belongs. I think Kelsey is the guy you feel more confident about getting that floor from. So, uh, you know, feel good about Kelsey as a play this week. Now, figuring out Robinson versus Hardman is a real difficult thing to do because I, I think we could easily f- uh, project Demarcus Robinson for more uh, snaps in this game. But we don't get fantasy points for snaps. We get fantasy points for receptions. And uh, and, and that, that stems from targets. So could Mecole Hardman out-target Demarcus Robinson in this game? I kind of think it's likely. Um, I, I think the team wants to use Mecole Hardman uh, with designed plays. Like you can see they draw plays up for that guy. Um, whereas Demarcus Robinson just needs to be the second read and have that pay off. And you know, he's good at that. And that can be a way in which he excels. But really, honestly, both of these guys are completely viable. I would lean Hardman, especially given the fact that there's an $800 price differential in favor of Hardman. Uh, As we look at some of the other options for the Chiefs, Byron Pringle, a guy who has been playing more since Sammy Watkins has been out, you know, 38%, 61%, 56%, 31% of the team snaps. So don't forget about Byron Pringle. So we're looking for guys who can just sort of pay off on a three-target game. You know, Pringle might be your guy there. Nick Kaiser, Deion Yelder, we can't use those guys. 
Uh, as we look at the ch the Raiders side of the football, Darren Waller, your most expensive pass catcher, and deservedly so, seven thousand dollars for a guy who's just been uh, you know seeing tremendously high volume, twenty six percent of the team's targets on the year. Um, that's that's a fantastic number for a tight end. You know he's thirty six hundred dollars cheaper than Travis Kelsey. Obviously he plays in a you know. Insufferior, what's the word? <laughs> inferior offense compared to the Chiefs. Insufficient, inferior. Uh, Darren Waller, seven thousand dollars. I think you can certainly count on him getting uh, eight targets or better tonight. Uh, I think that's a, a good way to get guaranteed targets into your team. Seven thousand dollars. You just got to probably choose between he and Josh Jacobs for the most part. Like I, I'm doubting you're able to fit all the Chiefs and get the Waller and Jacobs in there. That's going to be kind of expensive. So if you're playing game script wars, like you could certainly justify playing Waller and then maybe come down from Jacobs to Booker might be a good opportunity for you there on the Vegas side. Aguilar, uh, a guy who I think is a little bit overpriced here on this slate at $6,200. Um, you know, saw 18% of the team's targets last week, but a couple, you know, down games before that, 9%, 13% of the team's targets. I think Henry Ruggs is starting to emerge as the more featured guy in this offense between he and Aguilar. They're certainly the top two receivers, but I prefer Ruggs straight up at $5,000. And so there's two two opportunities so far in this game. Ruggs at $5,000 compared to Aguilar at $6,200. And Miko Hardman at 3600 compared to Robinson at 4400 Both of those situations, I like the cheaper guy straight up. And so there's some tremendous opportunity for us to leave salary on the table. Hunter Renfro at 4,200. You know, this is obviously a play you need um, if you if you're looking for just sort of guaranteed targets and you know low ceiling type players. Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards 1,200, Zay Jones at 1,000. Uh, really just tournament dart throws. Same for Jason Witten at 800. Not getting enough volume from any of those guys. Um, you know, Brian Edwards did play 28% of the team snaps last week, which is up, and so that could continue to grow. Um, so maybe maybe worth a little bit more consideration there for Brian Edwards. Could he eat into Hunter Renfro's job? Uh, that would be a big question, but we're probably still a week or two away from that particular uh, outcome paying off. Let's take a look at the captain assignments this week. Where does Josh Jacobs, uh, who's got a pretty good matchup here on paper, um, you can run against this Chiefs defense. That's not a problem. And if we figure that Jacobs is going to be a beneficiary of the Jalen Richard being out, he becomes really interesting as a captain choice. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to be right there, too, with just sort of his raw upside. He's he's starting to capitalize on a, on a few more rushing touchdowns, which is nice for his captain equity. And then Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller sort of round out those top options there at the captain spot. Let's look at the flex appearances where it's clearly Patrick Mahomes. Just find a way to get him in there um, and don't look backward. Josh Jacobs after that, Derek Carr, then Le'Veon Bell. So there's our first cheap guy, Le'Veon Bell. Um, I believe that we can project about 30 to 35% of the team's rush attempts going through Le'Veon Bell, and that might be good enough to pay off at his salary at $1,400. Uh, followed by Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. So Hill and Kelsey still right there close together. And then Darren Waller and Demarcus Robinson right there as well. So a lot of opportunities for us to get creative on this slate. And I think that's what it's going to be. Like, I think this is less of a slate about football analysis and more of a slate about outgaming your opponent. Like, you got to think about how is everybody going to want to build their lineups? They're going to want to build around Patrick Mahomes in this game. And so I think that could mean Josh Jacobs comes in a little under own. Like you're not going to want to, you know, 
pound in the running back from the team that's projected to lose. Like nobody wants to do that. Uh, but yeah, what if you do? What if you thought about a 4-2 onslaught in favor of the Raiders? Could that pay off in this game? Um, what if you faded Patrick and Mahomes altogether? Is there any way that can pay off? I tend to think that's uh, a bit too far-fetched. So you want to sort of stretch the limits of your imagination a little bit and then rein them back in. Like your first, your first question anytime you're seeing chalk is like, well, how can I fade that chalk? Is there a way that that chalk busts? Is that chalk going to bust more than I need it to uh, in order for me to pay off exponentially. And, and if so, then we're gonna fade that chalk. But a situation like fading Patrick Mahomes, maybe that's a bit too unrealistic. And uh, But I mean, there are situations where that happens. Um, you know, what if the game was you know, really high scoring and all of the weapons were going off and you needed to just have them all instead of the quarterback? Could be a pricing constraint uh, that happens that makes that, that particular lineup pop. So. Overall, I mean, I can just give you the tools and give you the analysis where I think, uh, you know, your best chance of winning these things is to look back at snap data, look back at routes run data, look back at where the targets go, try your best to understand like what's the most likely thing to happen. And then let's start making one off and two off decisions from there. Let's start fading key pieces, thinking about unique game scripts, because I can tell you what won't happen is the most likely thing. <laughs> like if you tell me most likely versus the field, give me the field every time. Um, so you just got to figure out whether the lineup you're playing fits the contest type that you're in and that sort of thing. So overall, that's going to do it. You got your word of wisdom. You got your uh, you know cautionary tale for, for contest selection and that sort of thing. But overall, that'll do it for us this week. Follow me on Twitter at JustinFreeman18. We'll be back at you Monday for the Monday Night Show over on the Mayo Media Network. We'll see you soon.